Obama, Nirvana, and Vinegar. My goodness. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. This is TFG Unbuttoned, our Tuesday podcast from the Focus Group. Be sure to join us here every Tuesday where we give three stories that have caught our eye and we discuss them with a quick 20 minutes. Thanks to our friends at Critics' Choice Video. Be sure to find them at focusgroupradio.com. You'll find all of our media housed there as well, including our Wednesday show, which is the Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. How are you, Mr. Nash? I'm doing good. We're freshly returned from a uh, a wedding we attended over a week ago in San Diego. We added on, we tacked on some days for vacation. And I have to say that the West Coast, uh, we were given mm, high 70s, no humidity and a breeze. San Diego is very much uh, a, a town like that. And it was a really uh, good escape. It was the first time we've been away in two years. And, uh, you know, you and I were talking a little bit before we hit the record button it's the first time I've flown in over two years. And I think the last time I was on a plane uh, might have been in September of 2019 around my birthday. And we were coming back from Colorado where we had a client at the time. And um, I will say this, uh, the airport seemed like it used to. It was quite packed and quite busy. 99.9% compliance with the masks, right? And the flight, I never even gave it a second thought because they even announced on the plane where this plane is equipped with HEPA filters and the air has changed every two minutes and everybody had them on, even the kids. So I didn't mind that at all. Uh, I think the only time we, well, we only had these moments where like we were sitting in the terminal on the way back uh, to New York from San Diego and they have these, the San Diego airport's kind of small, actually anybody listening who's traveled through there probably knows that. And, you know, people start coming in, coming in, coming in. The gate gets filled up. And I'm <laughs> looking around and I said to Bob, my God, we're in the middle of a super spreader. And we had the mask on. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, with all the news, with breakthroughs and boosters and all this other stuff, you get worried. But but we everything was fine. The wedding was great. Um, it was fun to visit San Diego. Uh, and um, has you know, cha- uh, I've not been to San Diego, gosh, in probably 15 years. Has it changed a bit or is it still... Yeah, it's changed, uh, but not too much, though. I'll put it to you that way. So I used to travel out there every uh, two weeks uh, when I owned my first agency. And I, we had a pharmaceutical client out there in uh, La Jolla. And I would fly in and, and do meetings and fly back to New York. So I never really got to see San Diego proper until 2009 when I attended a, uh, a, a trade show called Seagraph for animators and VFX uh, professionals. And that was down at the convention center, which is pretty much downtown San Diego, the business district. And they have something called the Gas Lamp District, which is stores and restaurants in Little Italy. Their their version of Little Italy, which is really cool, is down there as well. So some new buildings, um, some new public spaces, some new museums. But it's a pretty much the same. Um, but it was great to explore it because like you, I had not been there in a while. And even though I had not had been there before, this was an opportunity to see some things that I had always wanted to see and uh, just kind of relax. We made up each day as we went along. We had a couple of things we wanted to do, and we kind of interspersed that with some hiking and doing some stuff outdoors, which is pretty cool. And as I said, the weather was uh, the weather was amazing. 
one thing I will say, uh, the, the wedding was in La Jolla, down by La Jolla Cove. And uh, several days after the wedding, we went back to La Jolla Cove because you could walk along the ocean and see sea lions and seals. <laughs> and they do tell you that there's a bit of a smell there because they they do their business on the beach and on the rocks. And we were walking down this street towards the cove and the wind was coming in our direction. And man, <laughs> but, uh, you know, 10 minutes in, we're like, I feel like I'm in a walking in a latrine. <laughs> it was bad. It was pretty bad. And you talk to residents or people there. And, you know, and now that you're a commissioner, you'll be, if you were in San Diego and you were a commissioner out there in La Jolla, you'd be bombarded with people saying, can we do something about the smell from the seals and the sea lions? And the answer is no, they're a protected species. This is where they, they decide to hang out. You can't do anything about it. So you have all these gorgeous restaurants and stores, right? And they're all aligned when, it, when the wind changes. Woo boy, <laughs> your, your steak tartar. <laughs> well, well, more importantly, did you get an, did you go to In-N-Out Burger? We did not find one. I'm sure there was one there, but I didn't look it up. I always think of that as more of a Los Angeles thing. Did, did you get a fish taco? Did you get you know, supposed? Yeah, to yeah, we had okay. yeah, we had some seafood stuff, delicious. Um, and they have a, some really amazing uh, Mexican food. And in fact, our, we we met with our friend Jordan for a couple nights, who's lived out there for a while, and he knew some really good restaurants that were really fun to to eat at, outdoor dining stuff like that. So it was it was a it was a really good trip. It took me. You know me. It took me several days before I actually kind of turned off and relaxed. Um, maybe three quarters of the way through the trip. <laughs> Poor John. You, well, it took you that long. Yeah. Well, you know, the first couple of days was the wedding and suits right. and ties and all this other stuff, and then you know, as that kind of goes in the rearview mirror, and we start to re- then we start to relax, and then one day I'm like, oh, I guess I'm on vacation. I'm relaxed now. So yeah, it just takes time. Well, that's good. Well, uh, it, it was quiet here. So in the East Coast, you missed the the one hurricane that came through, and then you know that hit east and was supposed Henri, Henri, or Henry, as we'd say. The uh, and uh, but it hit Rhode Island, and so it was going to initially. There was all kinds of panic that it might hit Manhattan or Southern Connecticut, but uh, just lots of rain. We had lots of rain and lots of waves. And uh, now, of course, our friends in Louisiana got hit pretty hard in the mm-hmm. last, last couple yeah. of days, and it'll be heading up through uh, through our area, yeah, yeah through the, the area. We, we don't need any more rain, I guess, in the northeast. That's what all the forecasters are saying. Everybody just says, you know, we we don't need the water, and here's what's going to happen: flash flood, et cetera. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, so I'm glad you're back home safe, Mister Nash. It's thank uh, you. Yeah, I haven't I've not flown, but I don't I don't know if I feel like flying. I don't know. I, I'm kind of eh. We'll see. Well, you have to have somewhere to go, and a lot of places to go are the same as where you're leaving. You know, it's the same situation implies it's it's the pandemic is with us. You know, there's spotty things about masking and not masking, but essentially you're just going to a different place with the same problems. <laughs> right. So we've got uh, we have three stories today, as always, with uh, with TFG unbuttoned, and thanks for uh, for joining us here on Tuesdays. And uh, or time shifting, everybody seems to time shift now, particularly with with the event as it is. Uh, everybody's time shifted content. The uh, our first story today comes to us from Chicago, and uh, former President Obama, like all presidents, is uh, located or decided to locate his presidential library in Jackson Park on Chicago's South Side. So it's a a city park, and uh, he's decided to build his presidential library there. Now I thought he might have done it in Hawaii. 
but I guess he identifies more with Chicago than Hawaii, where he grew up. And uh, so the residents there, some of the residents are all tuned up that he's building it there because he's got, he has to take down at least 800 trees. And they're saying that that's going to impact a lot of the mi- uh, migratory birds and, uh, of course, impact some of the environment and air quality and all the other things that go with taking down that many trees. And so they contacted uh, the government to petition this. And of all things, Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who was appointed by, uh, by Mr. Trump, uh, she was assigned the case and because uh, they wanted to take it to the Supreme Court. But she's decided not to take it any further and, and uh, has just kind of left it on the table. So it looks like our president, uh, former President Obama, will continue to build his presidential library uh, in Chicago and Jackson Park and Chicago's South Side. Have you ever been to any presidential libraries? No, actually not. Have you? I have. I had gone of all. Can you guess which one? You know, I almost want to say you went to the Nixon library. Close. I had gone to a I, I had gone to a wedding from a fraternity brother of mine in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So, so oh so, okay. So it was Gerald Ford's. Ford's. Yeah. You know, <laughs> both, both rooms fully air conditioned. So <laughs> you know it, it was, but it was a very nice you know a nice little library. And uh, so I'd gone to the Gerald Ford Museum, and uh, but I you know I find it um, I'm curious as to where Trump will build his, for instance. I'm guessing. Will he I, build one? I, I, well, they all do, right? I don't. Th- I think they all build them. And my guess is, I guess he'll probably build it in Florida or Mir Lago or something. But you, you, it should be New York City or it should be New York. They don't want him. They don't want a library from him. <laughs> but that's why. That's why I'm kind of curious as to where where that would be. But uh, so I. I uh, but yeah. this Obama thing in, in Chicago, it was a head scratcher to me because if the environment, if the environmental impact was going to be so significant, I would have expected them to have done a very thorough study to have presented that to the, the, all the parties involved. Can you recite this? Can you adapt the design? What, what, I didn't hear any of that in this discussion. There, and in fact, when I did a little more research, I haven't read much about this at all, except that there was a concerned citizens group in the area who thought this was going to be detrimental to that park. And so, you know, to, to kind of nail 800 trees, migratory birds, dust and noise, um, I could be mistaken, but you can look at any resident residential development in, in some of the suburbs where they have to take down, you know, like, you know, let's say they decide they're going to build on, you know, 10 acres of land. Well, guess what? A lot of trees are going to go. <laughs> and it's not like they're going to not replant trees and do and do landscaping and stuff around the library. So this just seemed like a thinly veiled, not in my backyard, unless I'm misreading it. No, I thought the same thing. I thought there's no way they're going to take down 800 trees and just leave it barren, right? Yeah. I, I thought they would do something else. The other thing that I I was a little bit shocked at was the price tag of this library. It's $700 million. Million dollars, yeah. Well, that's quite a library. Well, you know, that's a little less than um, 100 million a year for when he was in office, right? So it's a bargain. If it was if it was 800 million, <laughs> if it was 800 million to be an embassy in Cabal, Kabul, 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 yeah, absurd. But anyway, so uh, yeah, so look for the uh, the presidential library. I'll be curious to see what it looks like. I uh, and uh, when I go to Chicago, I would probably go and take a. Oh take yeah, a walk I would. I yeah. find those things interesting. Um, just, I do too. Just because, I do as too. a walk, as a walk through history, but uh, they're usually not in the best of places. Like I'd like to go to the Clinton one, but if I ever happen to be in Little Rock, 
Mm. (laughs) There's your reason for getting on a plane. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you and I got a lot of reasons to go there. One of the states we could tick off that we haven't been to is Arkansas. Arkansas, that's true. So uh, our second story comes, this one is all over the news, but I, 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 I couldn't let it go because I just find it so odd. Uh, you might have mm-hmm. you you seen this in your travels, but the headline is, Man Who Appeared on Nirvana's Nevermind Album as a Baby sues the, sues the Band for Child Pornography. So the guy's name, so everybody who knows the uh, or is familiar with Nirvana's Nevermind Album which, by the way, turns 30 this year, if you can believe mm-hmm. it. The, uh, the baby's name is Spencer Eldon, and uh, he was friends with the photographer at the time that was doing the, the His album. His parents were. Parents yeah. were. Uh, at the time that was doing the album cover, and they essentially said they threw the baby in the pool and took the picture, and it ends up on the album cover. And uh, so he, he has, over past years, they said, when the album celebrated its 15th anniversary or 25th anniversary, had, done it, had recreated the album cover. So, yeah. he, so he can't be too upset, but I guess now he's decided that it, it was a form because if you're not familiar with it, he's nude and you can see his little pecker and, uh, but he's a baby. He's, he's a, four months old. He's a baby, but he's claiming because the baby's reaching for a dollar bill. So he's claiming that, uh, the, the baby reaching for the bill, you know, dangling from the fish hook is like a sex worker. And he's alleging that it's a form of child pornography. And uh, so the band is promoting that, and he wants to collect $150,000 from each person involved. 17 defendants, to be precise. Right. So plus, you know, plus, plus, plus. So I, so I don't know. It's probably well over a million bucks. But I. 2,550,000. How, how, how much is Two million, it? 2.5 million he's trying to get. Which I would think you'd might as well, if you're going to sue, you might as well go for more. So, uh, t- so to date, the album sold over 30 million copies. He says that his parents never signed a release authorizing the use of the image. But the fact that he's actually has said that this has opened doors for him and he's been positive about the image as, as, as late as last year when, he's, when he spoke to, uh, to different media about it, that all of a sudden now he's suing and claiming this is child pornography. I just, I don't get oh, well, yeah, what's going on. I- I think that he's, this is going to get tossed no, because all you have to do is look at his past state of mind when it comes to this album. And as you mentioned earlier, he did volunteer. Uh, well, he, Eldon, he previously recreated the cover to celebrate not only his 15th, but 25th anniversaries. And uh, he volunteered to do this, the last version of this five or six years ago in the nude, but the photographers thought that would be weird. So he wore a bathing suit when he did it and they, they, he was in the pool floating and there was the dollar bill. So if he was so anxious to recreate it and such a team player that he would even do it nude, now he's decided this is child pornography. Was there some awakened memory from his four month old self that he was somehow in danger in the pool or that they, you know, he was aware that they, yeah, I don't know. I just, I looked at this and I just thought this is so blatantly a misuse of the legal system, right? You can sue anybody you want for anything you want. It's just going to cost everybody money. And you know who only makes money in the end? The lawyers, right? Lawyers, yeah. So his parents were paid 200 bucks. Um, and, and he describes it this way. He says, my dad was like, uh, no problem, man. We'll just go down to the pool and throw him in and that'll be that. And it was no big deal and no one knew what it was going to become. So there's your, if I was a judge, I'd be like, okay, you said it yourself. No one knew it was going to become. Your parents were cool with it. You were four months old. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not legally. <laughs> it's just, 
I don't know. And he, I get, apparently he's tied this to some kind of sexual trauma as well. Like everybody knows suffers lifelong damages, but because the fact that you've seen him as a baby in a pool, which I, I can't make a leap. Even, even my pea brain can't go from a four month old to thinking of someone at 20 and saying, Oh, they're the same. It it just, this is just the lifelong damage would be if he did it now at 30 and his pecker hadn't grown, that would be the lifelong damage. Yeah, right. Then, then that'd be then there'd be an issue. Oh, poor thing. You know, you need to go from commish to judge. You need to be the new judge, Judy. The new judge, Judy. The gavel well, that, comes down. Right. Well, this 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 reminds me of one that you and I have talked about this at one time, where the the person that had sued Winnebago because they put mm-hmm. on put on cruise control, then went back to go make something in the on the stove. <laughs> And the Winnebago crashed. Crashed, yeah. Because cruise they, control is not, you know, yeah. doesn't mean you leave the wheel. And so the fact that this would have to go to trial and waste everybody's time, and as you said again, the only one who makes money is the attorneys. Mm-hmm. Our, our final story, John found, and I laughed at this because for a, a couple of years ago, I had friends that were all drinking apple cider vinegar to lose weight. I don't know if yeah. you remember that that Ugh. that fact. They, they still people still do it. People were drinking; it was going to melt weight off. You just drink it, and it sounds you know, plausible because the stuff, you know, vinegar is going to go in there. It's going to melt the fat away. It's going to dissolve all your fat. So drink some apple cider vinegar. My friend Bruce was doing it every morning. It was disgusting. He was drinking apple cider vinegar thinking he was losing weight. Oh yeah. I'm my stomach's getting flat. Okay. So, um, there, so now John found this one and I just busted out laughing just as the headline, why are people putting apple cider vinegar on their dicks? Now, where did you find this? What, 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 what magazine or what, what article was this in? Where did this Oh, this from? is from Mike, M- uh, Mike, M-I-C. It's a kind of a cheeky, uh, pub- online publication. And as Tim said, the, some, <laughs> the, a woman named Tra- Tracy Ann Duncan, who was the author of this piece, she did a hilarious job. Of, of this because her perspective as a woman was you know why are men always obsessed <laughs> with making their dicks bigger you know and she actually puts the statistics in here she said the average le- average penis size is about 5.1 to 5.5 inches uh, when erect and and the the claims of this product the apple apple cider vinegar was that you would add 65 percent to your size so she does the math and figures out that that would put you at a whopping 9.25 inches you'd be in porn star territory at that point right i mean like, like legend and then she says in this article she goes those are impressive gains but i'd also like to point out that the average dildo is only four to six inches which leads me to believe that bigger may not necessarily be better to folks who want to be penetrated, but that's a whole other story. So um, her, a companion of hers or another reporter sat through this 40-minute infomercial thing online to try to figure out what this actually was. And, you know, it came down to the fact that you're, you're putting, it was a different kind of thing. It wasn't truly apple cider vinegar, but, you know, they talked to a urologist who basically said, I wouldn't recommend this because we know that people who have put it on their skin, because this apparently has been a, like around, so you said your friend Bruce did it for weight loss, which we know about for a long time. He was so, drinking; it was disgusting. And and apparently, people do it to their skin to to either make them look younger or, or firm up your skin or something. But they have found that um, because it's an acid, it, it it has burned people or damaged their skin. And he said the only thing that he could think about that would make any of these claims even remotely close to even being true is that you know apple cider vinegar it it won't make it bigger but it might increase firmness because it increases blood flow 
which might make yeah which would be minuscule right i mean yeah you could do that with a i guess a uh, viagra or something <laughs> no i drank it because i drank it once because i was reading again you know you go to WebMD or you go to online you're gonna diagnose yourself i had gout i had about a bout of gout and they said that you know drinking it and it was disgusting and i tried it didn't help you know it was gonna t- it was gonna cure my gout it didn't help um only medication was going to cure the gout if that but yeah. um yeah so you know i laughed at this one because i thought man oh man but now first of all what man doesn't want a bigger penis even if you had a big penis somebody wants a bigger one right you, you, well that that's what the reporter was basically right. the wink wink was everybody this is why are people doing it right so again we missed something else we've got to come up with a bigger penis thing right the the, the, the build a better mousetrap get a bigger penis even if we just do it for a couple of months we got to sell a couple. We got to come up with something that's going to make a bigger penis, John. Yeah, apparently you don't have to do like you. You just yeah. I. It's amazing. To, you know this. If we were living back in the time when the traveling salesman would come to town with the snake oil, right? <laughs> get in, this get is out. like it, this is yeah exactly. That's what they did. They they sold a bunch of bottles. And they moved on down the road. <laughs> All right, folks, that uh, that wraps it up here for TFGM Button this week. We want to invite you to check out the Focus Group, our uh, Wednesday broadcast, which is on Facebook Live and YouTube from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's available all the time at focusgroupradio.com, along with the rest of our shows, which is TFGM Button and all our media. And a big thanks to our partner here on TFGM Button, Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. You can visit their site by going to ours, focusgroupradio.com, and clicking on the link. And be prepared to go down the rabbit hole because they have all the package media you want and stuff you can't find on TV. So thank you again for spending time with us. Check out the Focus Group, and we'll see you in the new week. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.